Hello, this is Daryl Castle with today's Castle Report. This is Friday, the 15th day of July, in the year of our Lord, 2022, and I will be talking about strategic blunders made by the United States, followed by the West in general, that have paved the road to war and a possible road to a radioactive future. I hope these things are blunders, because if they were done with the end result in mind, then that would indeed be terrifying. It would mean that the destruction we're seeing today is part of an overall plan of world domination. Does it make any sense to destroy your own ability to produce energy, thus making your country dependent on others, then sanction the others? It sounds like madness, but that's exactly what the U.S. has done. Joe Biden canceled the Keystone Pipeline on his first day in office, as well as making it very difficult to produce energy from oil by drilling for it. The U.S., was enjoying an unprecedented energy boom, complete energy independence with Donald Trump as president, but with Biden, all that's been reversed. The U.S. went from energy independence and a net exporter to begging ideological enemies for relief from the skyrocketing costs. The administration's belligerence toward Russia and its unwillingness to even discuss Russia's security concerns has led to a war of attrition in Ukraine. Now Russia appears to be winning. When is the last time Russia lost a grinding war of attrition? It's been a very long time, folks. Now the Russians laugh openly at the American sanctions, which have made Russia much richer and the U.S. much poorer. Europe decided to unite with Russia as a partner regarding European energy needs to the extent that Europe became completely dependent on Russian energy. Europe then went along with American sanctions against Russia and joined the U.S. in pouring money and weapons into Ukraine. That seems like economic suicide, but I guess it was only a strategic blunder. It's been an abject failure since it has made Russia stronger and severely damaged the economies of the U.S. and much of Europe. Germany, once the manufacturing heart of Europe, suffered through a billion-dollar trade deficit last quarter. Germany now is a net importer. And thanks to the energy policies of Angela Merkel, is facing a long, difficult winter in the cold and dark. The green energy policies of Ms. Merkel have been a disaster for Germany. The Germans have learned the hard way that the ability to produce energy once lost is very hard to regain. It is especially difficult to achieve through wind and solar when you have nothing else. France has held up a little better since, unlike Germany, it did not close down its nuclear plants. The Green Revolution is manifesting itself in ways those who started it failed to consider. Or maybe they did consider. Who knows? The result of all the paranoia over climate change, the environment, has been the beginning of starvation for much of the world. In Sri Lanka, for example, there is no food, no fuel to transport it if there was food. Sri Lanka wants food independent, but now totally dependent on food imports, which is a recipe for catastrophe. Is that a picture for the rest of the world coming, folks? We'll see. Time will tell. The result was the people storming the government buildings, forcing the resignation of both the prime minister and the president. How long? How long before the mobs of people demand more than just their resignations? Across Europe, people are rising up in protest against policies that deprive them of their ability to grow food. What kind of politician? tells his nation's farmers to shut down their farms to prevent climate change, but that's exactly what the government in Holland did. The farmers did not go quietly. Thousands of them are on their tractors on the road to Brussels. Farmers, many other European countries, have followed suit. They're trying to save their livelihoods 
and the lives of the European people. Speaking of energy, President Biden not only refuses to allow the United States to produce its own energy, he has been depleting the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, or the SPR, by a million barrels per day. One million barrels per day. That oil belongs to the people of the United States there, and it's there to prevent a dire emergency in time of war or other catastrophe. He has been releasing it, apparently, to bolster Democrat chances in the midterm elections by getting a temporary price reduction at the gas pumps. He's also sold a good deal of it to Europe to replace the Russian oil he sanctioned and to keep the Europeans from leaving the fold and making friends with Russia. Disturbingly, though, according to reports from Fox News and others, Tucker Carlson in particular, up to 15% of that oil has gone to communist China. The Russians, despite the war in Ukraine, are enjoying a very profitable year. Thanks to the soaring price of oil and gas, Russia sells enough oil and gas to China and India to more than finance its war. The world is arming up in response, I suppose, to prepare for the inevitable. The U.S. and Europe planning to send 300,000 troops to Eastern Europe, the tiny nation of Latvia, is enacting compulsory military service. Lithuania, despite calls to back off, has extended its blockade of Russian products to Kaliningrad, to many other products. The response, Putin, in response, Putin extended his offer of Russian citizenship to all of Ukraine, not just the Russian-speaking eastern provinces. This is a classic Russian psyops maneuver, and what it says to the Ukrainian people is, why sit and wait for the inevitable? Russia's going to win this war. You know it, and I know it. So why not join us? We have no problem with you. The only problems are with your government and its alliance with the West. The U.S. announced another $400 million to Ukraine, including the HIMARS artillery system, that is, the high-mobility artillery rocket system, which is very complicated and difficult to operate without extensive training or without American operators on the ground. The U.S. grows more deeply involved in Ukraine daily, I argue. That restraint is now called for, despite its belligerence. The U.S. military is growing critically short of personnel to fill the ranks. The Army has achieved only 40% of its goals for this fiscal year, with only three months to go. The Army said it might have to consider a reduction in the readiness forces, according to Army Chief of Staff General James McConville. Only 23% of Americans aged 17 to 24 are eligible to serve without a waiver. This is due to obesity, drug use, or criminal record of the 23% who are eligible. Only 9% of those have any interest in serving. The potential recruits express fear that they would experience emotional or physical harm if they joined. This is even with the lower standards such as no high school diploma required and reduce physical fitness requirements. My question about the standards is, if they don't matter, why have them? If they don't reduce readiness, if they don't reduce quality, then why have them? Just to show you the total irrationality of the leadership of this country, the National Guard just discharged 62,000 people because they refused the COVID vaccine. The U.S. military is hurting. It's hurting around the world as numbers are declining, commitments are increasing, the Navy personnel are instructed to never use politically incorrect, incorrect pronouns like he or she, and to always believe that men can get pregnant, that gender is simply a state of mind. But apparently, very little is taught in the area of war fighting and ship handling. The other day, the U.S. strike carrier, the Harry Truman, operating in the Mediterranean,
Had an F-18 Super Hornet, one of the world's most advanced fighter jets, just blow over the side in a storm. The jet cost $67.4 million to build. Now it's at the bottom of the med. The Navy's debating whether to try a salvage operation to keep an enemy nation from gaining access to it. Is there any accountability in the Navy anymore? Has the captain of the Truman been relieved? If that jet had been lost in combat or lost in flight due to mechanical failure, well, fine, okay. But blown over the side in all my years of sailing with the Marines on Navy ships in the Med and in the Far East, I never saw anything like that happen. I suppose the captain of the Truman always uses all the correct pronouns, at least. China and Russia, both reportedly in possession of hypersonic missile systems. China especially seems to have perfected that system, which can send missiles into a suborbital pattern in space to loiter there for as long as necessary before they are assigned a target, such as a U.S. carrier, a U.S. base, a U.S. city. Then that missile attacks at hypersonic speed. This is a game-changing weapon system for which the U.S. has no answer. The U.S. tested a hypersonic missile recently, but the test failed. Apparently, the U.S. is years behind China in this technology. Hypersonic technology is a capability gap that's very dangerous, and it makes those carriers very dangerous. Smarter minds should prevail. Some of the inflammatory rhetoric should be reconsidered until the U.S. can come up to speed on this system. While the hypersonic tests failed, the U.S. destroyer Zumwalt, its new all-clad design, its guided artillery rounds at a cost of $750,000 per round, also failed. It must be stripped and completely redesigned, perhaps directed energy weapons the U.S. is rumored to possess could be a defense against hypersonic technology, but it's unknown whether the U.S. has a functional directed energy weapon system or not. The other day, I was listening to Max Morton over on his site, forwardobserver.com. Max gave an illustration of where the U.S. stands right now. He said the U.S. is like the high school quarterback from 20 years ago who was the hottest thing in high school. He dated the head cheerleader, and all the other girls were jealous of her now just 20 years later. He still thinks he's the hottest thing around, but now he has a pot belly. He's starting to lose his hair a little bit. There are ex extremely ominous signs out there, folks. Extremely ominous signs and signals coming from China right now. But the time I have left today, only a thumbnail look at it. The assassination of former Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe was a terrible blow for the containment of Chinese expansion across the region. Abe was a friend of the United States and was expected to be re-elected prime minister. He was solidly in favor of supporting Taiwan against China because he knew that Taiwan would be just the first step toward Chinese dominance of both land and the maritime. Would the U.S. go to war over Taiwan? Probably not. But over Japan? Yes, it probably would. That country is right in the middle of the Chinese expansion defense and is rearming at a fast rate. The Chinese foreign minister recently spoke to his counterparts in Many of the Asian nations, he warned them not to become chess pieces of the American game. He said that Asia belongs to Asians. Well, okay, that's all well and good, but what he really meant was, don't ally with the Americans while we are stealing your territory and debt colonizing your economies. China is lining up friends who are willing to oppose the U.S. So people wonder, is the U.S. still the strong horse in the Pacific? Many apparently think not. Many read the New York Times just as we do. They see where the Times said the American president looks old. He shuffles when he walks. Aides are afraid he will trip. He almost always gaffs up anything he says. They watch his videos 
where he claps at inappropriate times, slurs his words, and to them, that man is the United States. In conclusion, folks, the United States is badly in need of competent leadership. The current leadership from top to bottom needs to be removed and replaced. The sanctions have become a sick joke, and the joke is on us. The world is ignoring them. Even friends like India ignore them. The world is getting rich at the expense of the U.S. and its European allies who get poorer each day. To align with the U.S. today, a nation must pledge its own ruin its own starvation through what is known as ESG, or environmental social governance. See, folks, this movement to go green covers so much more than the environment. A nation literally has to destroy its ability to feed its people to become a U.S. ally, but China has no such requirement. Finally, folks, this is madness. I know you can see that. Somebody up there, most likely a lot of somebodies, must be raving lunatics little by little. The ruling elite are revealing to the rest of us just how wicked they really are. Now they have us on the path to a radioactive future. Maybe it's all just part of the plan. Until, at least that's the way I see it. Folks, until next time, this is Daryl Castle. Thanks for listening.